defends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Supercoach Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams, here to dissect the opening round of Supercoach and NRL action. With me is The Spy. Spy, how are we? Good, mate. And yourself? Not too bad, mate. And also 2019 champion, Des Creek, who was a late scratching last week. Des, can I ask what happened to you, mate? Can you share with the uh, with the audience? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, it wasn't my finest hour. I had to... Had to be scratched late there. I uh, I was just walking through the house and I stubbed my toe on a on a doorway and broke it, broke it in half uh, right before the podcast. But yeah, it do- it doesn't seem to be uh, the biggest health crisis on our hands at the moment, does it? Mate, never underestimate the damage that a stubbed toe can do because I couldn't help but laugh when you said that. I felt so so sorry for you, but holy dooly, it must have hurt. So anyway, it's good to have you back on the podcast, mate. You must have had a bit of time to look after your side then last week. How'd you go? Oh, didn't go great, if I'm honest. I got 965, so ranked around that 30K mark, which is pretty much exactly where I was after round one last season, actually. So I'm not too worried. Um, yeah, it wasn't the best one. My pod, uh, CHT, didn't fire. He got sin-binned instead. And obviously having Turbo against Melbourne hurt as well alongside a a few other misfires in the centre wing. But, yeah, it's, it happens. That's right, mate. You, you're afforded a, a little bit of a championship hangover. It's happened to far better, f- far more people than you, so it's all good. And, Spy, how'd you end up, mate? I wish I got 963. I had an absolute horror opening. Um, it really got summed up by Api Corosau almost tunning up and my little antipod move of going cook over him and getting 47. 50 points straight away, really hurt. I ended up only getting 907. So, look, I'm sitting top 43% or something at the moment. So I'm ready to make a move. You know, we can get back into it. I do trust most of the guys I picked, but the wet weather caused a bit of chaos and a few things didn't go my way. But that's super coach, and I'm confident I can bounce back. But I just, I just need some footy, mate, to make that happen. That's all right, mate. Um, as for the mighty Coomer Stallions, we've had a good start to the year, 1081 into a, a rank of 3,600, and I'm, I'm really happy with you dodging a few blokes like Tommy Javoyevich, Mitch Moses at this point. I mean, it uh, it could change very quickly, but one thing I will say before we get into it is I cannot believe the amount of widespread panic that we've had. Coronavirus is one thing, but I'm convinced there's more widespread panic in Supercoach circles, people going off about their guns not delivering or these one-hit wonders who have gone good and they want to make that trade straight away, despite years of pedigree and these guys, they're just looking to just change it up and go against all their preseason uh, knowledge and uh, podcasts they've listened to, articles they've read. Guys, just take a chill pill. It's only week one. Don't rage trade just yet. It was a wet weekend of football as well, so that comes into consideration too. Uh, guys, if you haven't checked it out, jump on to scplaybook.com.au. Plenty of free content on there. Good stuff to read going into round two. Uh, we also do have a subscription service in place, which is $30 for the NRL package or $40 for the NRL and comes to the end of the season. Um, there's been a few questions about, you know, the what happens to, to our subscribers and whatnot if the footy season was to be cut short. 
Look, obviously, if we got a round or two in and there was no more footy for the rest of the year, we're not going to make you pay for that. So we'd be refunding you there if, if we got two rounds out of a 25-round year. But let's deal with that when it happens. Until that time, we're going to be producing podcasts. We're going to be putting out our content. Even if it does go does go behind doors and cancelled for a week or two, we'll still be pumping out good content. So jump onto that. Quick shout-out to our Unlimited group leader, Ben, which is the team Juiced Gorillas. He punched out 11.96, which is a good rep for the, the SC Playbook group. He's 23rd overall. We actually had a really strong week. I think it was three or four people in the top 100. Uh, the highest-ranked subscriber in our group will win a, a pretty killer Raiders game day experience, which involves tickets to a game in Sydney or Canberra of choice, flights if you're coming from outside of New South Wales, domestic that is. We don't have that much money here. Uh, but, yeah, it is a good thing. We'll get into that more detail about that later on in the year. Uh, and if you have any questions or feedback for us, jump onto our socials on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at SC Playbook One. Let's get into the team announcements from today. I'm going to touch on the quick major Supercoach things, and then we'll have a bit of a chat about them and about last round. Firstly, at the Dragons, popular mid-ranger Zach Lomax, who scraped to 55 points last week, I think it was, a.k.a. Kahu 2.0, has been moved to the wing. Uh, Michaeli Ravalawa has dropped out of the side due to injury and Matt Dufty's at fullback, so that's a blow for his owners, which is about 40% of us. Um, Tyrell Fuimayano starting in the back row for the Dragons. Elisa Katoa has been named to start in their back row for the Warriors. Isaiah Papali, he's fallen out of a bit of favour there. He's dropped to the bench. He only played 40 or 45 minutes last week. Angus Crichton starts in the back row for the Roosters in return with Satili Tupanua dropping out of the team entirely. Bronson Sherry is still not back for the Sharks. Josh Dugan named in the 21 jumper. And Tyrone Peachy, who did pretty well for owners with about 56 points last week, has been benched for Brian Kelly. So it's a sell for Tyrone Peachy. All right, let's get into it, guys. A bit of a round recap. Des, Jack Williams, you had him in your side, did you? Yeah, I did. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't too uh, pleased with him, really. He only got 42 points in, I think, 61 minutes for 0.7 points per minute. Just it really wasn't what we expected. I mean, the minutes were there certainly, but the points per minute was really down from what we saw from him last season. So, yeah, it's just not good good enough from him. But I'm I'm happy to give him one more chance, one more week. Yeah, nice. And that's just something uh, you can't stress enough this week. And I think we'd all have the same the same tune. Don't go cold on these guys, particularly guys like Jack Williams, who might not have got the points output, but guys like Jack Williams. We wanted to see them play decent minutes and increase their minutes, and we got that. So they're definitely worth another week. So, yeah, stick on him for another week. Uh, one for me was another Williams, George Williams, who impressed at the Raiders in week one. Uh, I'm not – I don't own George at the moment, but I am eyeing him off. I'm not convinced on him because I think the Titans were putrid, unfortunately. I was really disappointed to see sort of what they, they dished out, but – George couldn't have done much more than he did. Scored 58 points, a couple of line breaks, 27 tackles, which is enormous for a, a playmaker, a 5'8", uh, or halfback, should I say, and uh, had five tackle busts too. The issue for me with George Williams is I have SJ and Nathan Cleary, who both went ham for me, and then I've got Jerome Luai and Billy Walters, who also did really well. So I don't really know where I get George Williams into my side. Um, Spy, do you have George? I didn't start with George either. Um Agree, he did play very well, but gee, the Titans were ordering it at times, especially in defence. Uh, look, for me, given that Jack Whiten's the key man there, Hodgson will go left a lot. 
I know he will. So it's just an interesting one with George Williams. Obviously, if you own him, you're laughing. He started well for you. You can hold him there while he's doing well. But for me, it's absolutely another watch this week. I don't want to jump the gun, bring him in and have him get something like 26 and then have wasted a trade. So it's good to see how he goes this week against potentially better opposition. We'll see how the Warriors look. Uh, but, yeah, obviously his work rate in defence was good, but he didn't run the ball a lot. He was effective when he did, uh, but big watch for me heading into this round. Yeah, nice, mate. And the issue with Guy, the other thing we have to take into consideration is that when we do get our first price rises, these scores for guys like George Williams who have done really in week one, it's only going to be in their rolling average, third rolling average one week. So we get one decent price rise out of this score and then it'll drop out. So if you can wait till next week, wait till next week. And in saying that, he only scored 58, so his price isn't going to go through the roof. It's not like he scored 120 or something like that, so it may not be huge pending on this week's total. Yeah, inspired. Jermaine Asako moved back to fullback with Jack Bird, dropping out with that unfortunate ACL injury. 83 points. He had 15 runs and five tackle bars, kicked a few goals, 420K. He was all the talk of the preseason until his job screwed and became an issue. Are you keen on him? G played well. Um on the dry tack track of Townsville. He'll also get that at Suncorp uh, most weeks. I really love that. He's got a good work rate based on last week and previous scores. He was actually really elusive. Surprised me how comfortably he beat some tackles at times. And adding the goal kicking on what looks to be a pretty good Brisbane team based on the one hit out. Uh, look, I'm very interested. He may even find his way into my side this week if I need to move someone else on and just having a look forward to the next couple of weeks of trading options. Yeah, nice, mate. And after all this talk of uh, not rage trading players after one week, Des, you've got some pretty strong thoughts on the Leilua brothers. Yeah, I mean, I, I started with both of them. Obviously, Luciano grabbed that try. He looked really good. Um, but my concern was that he was just stopping Joey Leilua from getting early ball. He was he was trying to like run at the line and offload late to Joey, but it just wasn't really working. Joey really needs that early ball so he can... Yeah, he's, he's super dangerous from 10 out. Um, probably the most dangerous player in the comp from 10 metres out. But, yeah, he, he, Luciano was sort of stunting him a bit and he, he didn't really – yeah, he didn't get the points that I was looking for there. But I, I don't. I think I'm happy to leave them both for now. Uh, it was a strange game, that Tigers-Dragons game. So it's it's really hard to gauge what Joey and Luciano are going to do for the rest of the year. But I'm happy to let him sit for now. Yeah, nice, mate. And – Sam Williams actually did a good good uh, insight column for us today on having combinations, new combinations at clubs, primarily around the spines and the playmakers, but how they how they play with their new back rolls and how it takes time for these combinations to gel. So guys like Luciano and Joey playing outside, well, Luke Brooks wasn't there last week and he's gone for a month, which is a blow for all of them. I'm sure the combinations will come and the points will come, but, I mean, how long can we wait in supercoach terms? So we'll wait and see, but... Luciano playing the 80 minutes last week. He had real. He had about 45 or 6 in base stats. He was offloading, looked good in attack. So massive for him playing the 80 minutes. Uh, Mitchie Moses is one for me that social media has just gone mad on this week. People are just want Mitchie Moses as head. He got 32 points. People saying after one game was in the wet against a gritty dogs outfit who always put it to the to the Eels. I'm going him to SJ. I'm going him to Cleary. I don't own Moses. I'm happy about it at the moment. But A, the Eels are playing the Titans this week. So you would be absolutely mad to trade him, I think. I'd be giving him one more week. 
at least. You have to back these players that you picked in before the season started on so much information. It's one bad week. Bad week. Spy, what do you reckon there? Yeah, I actually brought in Mitchie Moses about an hour before kickoff last Thursday, thinking, here we go, he'll turn up first couple of weeks. Hopefully that's this week. But what I really noted during the match was how heavily dominant the forward packs were, especially in defence. No one could win contact in the middle. And as a result, the ball, the service coming out to the halves and five eights was very, very slow. And honestly, no one was on the front foot. Very hard to score points in Supercoach and in real footy, given there was only one try off a kick. So you really can't look too far into it. Mitchie tried hard and he actually looked okay at times. To pull out 32 under those conditions actually wasn't too bad considering. So you have to hold him. He's playing the Titans this week. See how he goes. If he looks like dropping a bunch of cash and flops again, I've no issue with you getting rid of him this week. But he could just as easily turn up this week and you're laughing. Des, I'm in a group chat with yourself and Walson. You were one of the blokes calling for Mitchie Moses' head on Thursday night. <laughs> Have you calmed down or are you still trading Mitch Moses? No, no, I'm keeping him for the Titans, obviously. <laughs> I, I, I did the same thing as Spy. I brought him in last minute after going I was cold on him all preseason. Um obviously he was he was huge for me last year. But I, I I don't know, I just had the feeling that he would um he wouldn't keep it up. And that's why I was so angry when he when he got thirty odd points. <laughs> But, yeah, I know what he's capable of. I, I know that he can sort of pick it back up, especially against the Titans. I think he got 100 against them the last time he played them. So I'm, I'm hoping for that again. Yeah, and look, mate, I honestly think we were discussing in the preseason, but the Doggies defensively, and especially to start this year, I think they're ready to go. They're fired up. They've had a tough few years, and they did exactly what I thought they might do. The fact it was raining as well, it was... I probably shouldn't have brought him in, but it was more of a five, six week play than round one. I was really looking ahead to this week and future weeks. So look, we'll see how we go, mate. Go, Mitchie. Yeah. Next on here is a massive, a massive look from round one. SR Masters in his new club up at the Cowboys had 23 runs. He had five offloads. He had base stats of about 45 points, which is unheard of for a centre wing. He's a super great star of the, well, the start of last year and the whole year before went off the boil last year at the Tigers. He's not kicking goals, but punched out a big score on the weekend. Spy got to attract some interest there, surely. This is how much interest he's attracted for me. I just brought him into my side while you're doing the intro. So we'll see if that holds. But the fact he's getting good early service, which he didn't get at the Tigers last year, it was so frustrating to watch him. Uh, he'll have plenty of runs. The more he runs, the more tackle busts he'll have. And the more offloads he'll have. So for me, he's a huge watch. And if I do want to take the pun on him, I could get him in this week for someone like um, Lomax and the like. But gee, he played well. Yeah, I'm, he's a big watch for me again this week. And then I'll bring him in next week if needed. Uh, the only thing I can say is, again, it, it's only a one-game sample size. So just he, he wasn't – he was pretty ordinary for about 10, 12 weeks there last year in the back end of last year. So – Let's just take a breather, get a better look at him. But you're right, he did get lots of early ball. They look like they've got plenty of attack in them this year, the Cowboys. The Tigers didn't last year, so I don't mind it. Okay, I've just looked at the draw. They play the Bulldogs on Thursday night. Uh, I'm probably going to avoid this week based on that after what happened last Thursday. Yeah, there you go. Um, a couple of standouts from from round one were David Nofaluma, who had the highest score of the year. And I've got to give him a shout-out as much as I don't want to, but... Walson Carlos, 2019 runner-up and SC Playbook contributor. He was all over Noffa. He picked him. Me and Dez said, mate, you can't fork out that much coin for a bloke. 
for a centre wing who, while he's reliable for a centre wing, he can still bust out a 20 or 30. Um, he proved us wrong. And Isaiah Yo was the other one who went big for the Panthers in 80 minutes. I'm still not convinced on Isaiah Yo because Kikau only played 40 minutes with injury coming off the bench. He'll start this week, according to the team list. Zane Tedavato only played 20 minutes as well. So, And at the end of the day, I'm still not convinced as Yo was a super coach player, but you can't argue with what we saw on the weekend. So my advice there is they just take another week to look at Yo and make sure he plays 80 minutes, then jump on. Des, these these are two guys who have um, piqued your interest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, Walson, what what can you say? He's he's the king of pods. He got on off. He's 600k. It's it's so much money to pay, but he looked outstanding. He really did. I mean, he was he was tackle busting every run, offloading. He was he was hungry for the ball, which is exactly what you want from your center wings. Um, but yeah, in one game sample size, it's just not enough for center wing. And I think Yeo, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You gotta, you gotta wait it out and see how many minutes he gets um, with Kikau back in. But yeah, he, he obviously looked really good as well, playing, playing in the middle there in that forward, forward role. Um, yeah, really late in the game as well, he made a couple of line breaks, which is, which showed that his fitness is off there. So he's definitely one to watch. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, Spy, you mentioned that you went Damian Cook over Appy Coruscant. Appy outscored him by 50 points. Blake Braley, who just about everyone has in their side, went solid enough. I think it was about 38 points off the top of my head. What are you going to do here? Are you going to downgrade to Appy Coruscant, which seems the logical option, or are you going to stick to your guns with Damian Cook? It's a tough one. I know we were discussing it earlier. I might run this one by you, Des, on the spot, mate. But there's two options here. One, I can downgrade Cook to Appy, knowing that I'm going to bank the points in a week or two's time and knowing what Appy's produced around one. Or the other option I'm just tentatively looking at is to potentially keep Cook, because I know what he can do and I picked him for a reason, and potentially upgrade Break Braley to Appy Coruscant and have two pretty handy hookers to start, which also covers me in the case of a possible Appy injury, which he has shown he's prone to in the past. Obviously, that would limit my options elsewhere. If I can do it, I'll be interested in your thoughts, mate, on which way I might go there. Yeah, I'd, I don't mind either option, really. I think the second option is really interesting because mm. a lot of people wouldn't have started with that Cook and Appy combo. So I think it'll, it'll give you a huge pod. Um, and obviously, Cook, you can captain him on matchups. But I, I think you've got to get Coruscant and Ace up. He, he looked like an absolute must-have to me. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'd, I'd be leaning towards that second one. I'm glad you said that because that's the exciting play. And I'm just sort of taking a punt that Braley may not make an absolute heap of cash. Obviously, if you've got him in your side, that's no dramas. He will make money. But if I can find money elsewhere and bank those points that Appy and Cook would bring me, then that's something I'm really taking a long, hard look at. Yeah, I'm going to touch on a couple here. I was very, very happy with everyone in my side on the weekend, but my centre wings, which was always the big question mark for everyone, there was a couple that flopped. <clears throat> Actually, all four of them flopped, I'm pretty sure, except for Zach Lomax, who is now looking like the biggest flop because he's on the wing. Uh, Braden Burns scored 24 points for me. Jesse Ramian was about 31 points. I'm not that concerned. People are age trading already. I'll tell you why. Braden Burns had 30 in base points, which is the big reason I picked him in the first place. He's playing on that lethal left edge of the bunnies. Points are going to come. There was a bit of a worry that he might not play 80 last week with Latrell, with uh, Alex Johnson on the bench. As it turned out, Latrell went off. AJ came on at fullback. Burns played the 80. 
I'm not worried about Burns. He had three errors, missed tackle penalty. That dropped his score, but I'm not happy with him. But as I said, he got it. I want to see in the centre wing. Jesse Ramian was exactly the same. I think he had 31 points and he had 29 in base. So my advice is to hold on to both of them guys. If they flop next week, we can reassess. But, yeah, I'm pretty happy with them. Spy, you own one or two of them? I own both of them. Um, look, Braden Burns is a seriously good player. He works hard. As you said, the points will come. I think you'll end up with far bigger issues in your side more than likely. If you don't, then good on you. But I think you've got to stick with him. The boy can play. He dropped a ball off Cook to potentially score a try. Um, look, he, he's a good pick for me. Guys, let's have a chat about the Broncos. A lot of questions around them due to their... Well, they're all going so well. Their forward pack's going so well. Tavita Pangai Jr. played 80 minutes on the weekend. He's got a four-game ban. Uh, I don't feel sorry for people that bought him because he played 80 minutes, looked brilliant, punched out a massive score, and his hot-headedness stuffed him again. Tom Flegler, 52 points in 57 minutes. Pat Carrigan, 58 points in 61 minutes. Payne Haas, 80 minutes is just absurd. Des, you, you tipped that he might do that and just said lock him in as a captain, so touche on that one. Uh, and David Fafida scored that unbelievable try. Didn't look enormous elsewhere, but when you're doing that, you can do what you want. So he had 75 points to his name. Des, can you have all four of these Broncos in your pack or are you running a risk? No, you can definitely have them all, I'd say. They're all of Supercoach calibre. They're all getting minutes. They're all solid PPM. I don't see why you couldn't. Uh, if one gets injured, you can just trade them out. There's, it's not that big a risk, really, for mine. Yeah, I'm with you. And people don't feel comfortable with it. But, I mean, they hassle for feeder for mine and must-haves. PPJ is now gone. And... If Flegler and Carrigan were 500, 600K players, you'd worry about maybe a few minutes dropping. But at the end of the day, they're mid-range as well. Tommy Flegler's 296K and he's still technically a cheapie. So, I mean, they don't need to be busting out 60 or 70 points to do their job. So I'm more than happy with all four of them. Spy, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm happy with all of them. I don't have uh, Tommy Flegler at the moment, but G played some good footy on the weekend. He's obviously well-liked up there. The young forward pack's playing well. I am having a look now to see if he's someone I can bring in for one of my mid-rangers in order to free up the cash to go up to Appy from Braley. So, look, I'm happy with all of them. They're good players. Again, I harp on about it, but it's a dry track at Suncorp. That's just good super coach points most weeks. Yeah, and we won't we won't go into this for too long because we'll be here all night, but I do want to touch on the early, early season fixtures that we spoke so much of the preseason about. It was must get on Eels. Can't get on Panthers because of their tough run. Can't get on Sharks like SJ because of their tough run. Appy and Cleary both belted it out of the water and went big. SJ did the same with all tough matchups. Moses, who supposedly had the easy one, struggled. I mean, it's early days, and as I said, this could flip on its head after one week. This time next week, we could be saying about how it's gone the complete opposite. But Des, it shows straight away that fixtures aren't everything, are they? No, definitely. They're definitely not everything. It's uh, it's up to the players in the end. Uh, it, it really doesn't mean that much matchups. I mean, you, you say Cleary went big, but I, I didn't even think he did. Like, 72 points with just one try assist I think he had. I think he's got way more in him than what he showed this week. So I'm, I'm super excited to see what he has in store. Um, it could be a, a legit captaincy, captaincy option, I'd say, down the track in the coming weeks. 
Yeah, you're all in on Cleary in the preseason as well, and he's delivered first up for you, which is good. Um, yeah, we've both got him, and it's just that Cleary effect. He just has a knack for just accumulating stats across every category, um, and he's done it again this week. Spy, do you own him? No, nah, I went Mitch. That was one of my decisions just before round one last week, so Mitchie better bloody fire up this week and knock me out a huge score. Um, but I will just note on that fixture thing that – Melbourne are consistently the team that are hard to score against year in, year out. That's one of the sureties of the Supercoach world. And that was the only reason I probably stayed off getting Tommy Trevojevic. Thank God I did. And, um, again, Melbourne kept him at Brookvale to, like, 22 or something. So you can still look into fixtures, but it does show that round one of the year, you don't know which sides are necessarily going to come out well. Um it's just an interesting chat, and we'll have the same one every year, mm. but you obviously get more awareness of the draw and how sides are going as the year goes on, and that's when you can load up on guys maybe later in the year when you know who's starting to struggle. Des, you are a Tommy Turbo <laughs> owner and a proud Manly fan. Mate, raging or not? Yeah, no, I wasn't I wasn't too happy with that one. He didn't look too terrible, really. I think it was just Melbourne really, really suffocated that game. To death, they were just lying all over the play. The ball there was just not many, not many hit ups in general in that game. I don't think. I mean, yeah, it's not like Teddy and RTS really scored that much higher. They pretty much all three of those guns from last year scored their floor scores. So it's it's not really making me panic too much. But yeah, it's not what you want. Yeah, you just write that one off with, uh, as you said, just the Melbourne effect. Spy touched on it. They do it to clubs every time they play them, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. Des, we're going to have a quick chat about your early trade mate management strategy, what worked for you last year and the likes, because people are sitting here going, do we need to be burning four quick trades over the next two weeks, even if we're happy with our team before these price rises come in? Um, mate, how did you assess this early part of the year in 2019? Yeah, well, you're always going to have the people um, you started with who don't perform how you'd hope them to so it's just yeah it's whether you give them another few weeks or trade them out instantly um i think last year i i, st- I started with uh jordan kahu so obviously I, I saw from game one that he wasn't going to get the base stats and didn't really have good security there so i i think i, I brought in Braden burns of all people for my first trade of the season kahu to burns but uh yeah, it's pretty much just a matter of getting in the plays who were the biggest mistake to start without. Um, I think that's what I stress in my article. No matter what it does to your team structure, uh, you should just get in those sort of plays. Um, like John Bateman last year, definitely one to get in. But yeah, this year it's 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 a bit different, I'd say. It's it's harder to follow that sort of pattern. It's a different different year, different circumstances. It's a game of adaptation as you go along. Um I actually didn't spot any must-haves this week other than Coruscant, who I already own. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm likely to hold trades maybe this week and give it another week to sort of distinguish who the differential players are before I sort of spend my trades. But yeah, if you're happy with your team, I'd say it's definitely around where you could hold it. Yeah, and it's it's a good point you make. As opposed to other years, there's not been many must-haves that you've seen from round one. And I'm with you. Appy Kairos is the only one for me that I'm thinking I need to have in my team. Uh, I already own Luciano Leilua, but I'd be pretty keen on him if I didn't have him after playing 80 minutes there on the weekend at his price. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit the same. I'm, I'm thinking I might have to force a second trade this week if I want to and take a bit of a gamble, but 
I don't really feel the need to at the moment. Yeah, I'd have to agree, boys. Um, look, I obviously started without Appy, and after last week, I might try to get him in. And the reason I don't necessarily want to wait a week on Appy is because come next week, we may have opened up guys that we, we really want and really need prior to price change. So if I can knock that trade out of the way this week, getting him knowing I'll most likely want him next week, then I can be ready for that dual trade next week. But agree, you don't have to panic if you have it with your side, then you can just hold off and, and have one more week of action before making any big decisions. Yeah, then Spy, you went... We've we've all started playing a bit of money ball. The the fantasy sports game, basically what it is is you you bet on fantasy sports markets or fantasy NRL in our case. Mate, you wrote a preview column for us on Friday. Tell us a bit about how you went last week because the timing was unbelievable ahead of your first column. Well look, I had a pretty disappointing super super coach week, but on the flip side I had an absolute career week in Moneyball. So, yeah, for those that don't know, you you pick a side from individual matches rather than the whole year. You can also do daily matches, so three games on a Saturday. Pick a squad from those three games. They've all got a salary cap. It's absolutely brilliant. So get on Moneyball. Check it out. You can deposit as much money as you want. All the games are $2, so it doesn't cost you too much. We can bet more if you fancy that. But Thursday night, I managed to actually take out the $2 comp in the excuse me, the Dogs-Eels match and managed to pick myself up $400. So that was a nice start to footy season. And Friday night I was round at one of my mates and I went again, this time on the $15 comp, had a little bit of money to play with. And you wouldn't believe it, but I won it again. So I beat a 1,000 blokes um, two nights running and I ended up with, I think it was $865 in the bank. So, look, that may never happen again, but, gee, it was nice, and hopefully I can keep a bit of bit of action rolling as we go on for the rest of the season. It's an unreal start, mate. So, yeah, there, there are links to it on our side if you want to have a crack at it this week. Um, in the story, the, the Spy will be doing another preview on Friday for the weekend's game, so check that out. Yeah, and I'll just add, guys, that you don't actually have to win it to make coin. There is it tears down so that if you do finish in a certain rank, you get your money back and stuff like that. So it's a really good system. Get on, check it out, and um, jump on Thursday night's game and see how you go. Yep. All right, let's look towards our trades for the weekend coming. I'll start with you, Des. We've obviously touched on it a little bit, but who are you looking like getting rid of this week? You mentioned you might not use both your trades. What have you got for us? Yeah, it's a hard question to answer about rage tweet, rage trading there. So, um, Normally, I'd, I'd just keep stay composed and give him a few more weeks. But I'm in the situation where I started with CHT over guys like Drinkwater and, and George Williams. And I want to rage trade him instantly just to get one of them in. Um, but yeah, the Warriors just looked abysmal. And I thought CHT would be okay with the goal kicking. But uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I might I might trade him, I might not. It'll be one of those last-minute decisions. Yeah, that's fair, mate. And that trade would make sense. And I was going to ask you about, which has been a question that's come on a lot of our socials this week, about what happens to the Warriors players and, and what happens if they don't play and this and that. But I know you answer already because none of us know. No one has a clue yeah. what's going on with the rugby league, what's happening to the Warriors, you know, Two of the Warriors players were given the opportunity, I think it was Patrick Herbert and Peter Hiku, to go home. Uh, and that they went home, and that was because one of them had a newborn baby, one of them was about to have a kid. So that was fair enough reasons there. So they've covered that. Are they going to stay on past this week? We don't know. Nobody knows. So we don't really have an answer to it. The only thing we could suggest is that proceed with caution 
in getting Warriors players into your side. So guys like Katoa, who look like they could be decent cheapies, definitely give it another week before getting them in in the event that they do go back to New Zealand and don't play in coming weeks. So just, anyway, we'll, we'll play it by here and see how that goes. But tread with caution. Spy, what have you got trade-wise this week? Yeah, so we've spoken about it already, but just want to have a look at getting Appy in, um, which would open up my options for next week. My question around that is how I'm going to do it. I can go Cook down to Appy, which would free up an absolute bulk load of cash and open up the world for me. But if I want to look to keep Cook and bring in Appy, I'm going to have to drop someone. I think at this stage, it's probably going to be Zach Lomax. I just thought, even at fullback on the weekend, he didn't run the ball very much. He's obviously a talented player, but I think we want fullbacks with a work rate. You need that base. And he's gone back to the wing this week, which could spell one of two things. He could crash over for an easy double untouched, or he might say no ball. And the way Dragons are going, I'm just not convinced they're going to score that many tries as it is. So I may actually look to drop... Lomax for someone, and then upgrade Brayley to Appy Coruscant and really balance out my squad a bit more there. Yeah, fair shout. I was the same. I was I was not happy with Lomax last week, the way he performed and just the lack of decent ball he got in the Dragons. They looked so clunky there. But now that he's been named on the wing, I don't like it at all. I'll be giving him another week because if he does crash over for a double to go with his 55 from last week and goal kicking, there is a decent price rise in him or two. But I'm not sure if I'll be playing in my 17 this week. That's a big question mark. Uh, one thing I did get wrong last week was I went a bit of a pod cheap with Inari Chuala. Uh, he flopped with 21 points on that left edge. I was hoping he might get a, a little bit of something-something outside Kalen Ponga, but he didn't. I've got him and I've got Bradman Best there as a non-playing reserve. Uh, guys, Callum Watkins was a guy who I wasn't keen on because basically I didn't know what he had to offer really points-wise. Um, but more than I just didn't rate the Titans attacking structures or their ability to score points. They were awful. Watkins went, what, 45 or 50 points. He had about 35 in base, I think, which suggests that as long as he's in the team, if he can back it up this way, he can do the same thing, that they don't have to be scoring points for him to make some valuable money and be a sort of half-decent full-centre wing. So I'm eyeing off Callum Watkins, but I think I'm going to give it one more week before I do that. Um, let's jump into a few questions and wrap it up from there. Um, lots of a few questions on Corey Hoylsberg and whether he's a trap. Um, also questioning whether he had a try assist unfairly disallowed on the weekend. I am a Hallsberg owner. I'm generally pretty impartial when I give my opinions on on the rewarding of these sort of tries and. Having spent a bit of time at the Telegraph, I was able to speak to some people about how these things are rewarded. For me, when Corey Horsberg brings in four defenders and then offloads to Jack Whiten, who he was enormous as well. He beat players as well. But the gaps in the scattered defensive line opened up because of what Corey Horsberg did. I definitely gave it to him. He didn't get a contribution, which was questionable at best. He should have had a contribution at least. Spy, you are not so convinced. I didn't start with Big Red. Uh, reluctantly, I must add, because he's a good player. He's a good super coach player as well. Look, the fact is, he did throw it out the back. It was a little bit of a loose offload, I thought. It sat up for Jackie Whiten, who went straight through some feeble defence. It would be very different if he would have offloaded and Jackie Whiten would have run straight into a gap and scored. But with Jackie having work to do, I wasn't super surprised he didn't get the try assist. I will say, though, mate, you're hard done by not getting a contribution because the offload did create that little bit of extra space. But for mine, I thought it could have gone either way, but... 
Um, mate, I wasn't super shocked that they didn't give it to him. And Geordie Roberts asked if Corey Horsberg is a trap. Uh, I mean, again, it's something that we don't know, but he said if the season is suspended or postponed after this round, that could let Bateman fully recover in time for the next game, which means before the first price change, Horsberg goes back to the bench and will drop in value immediately. Uh, could happen. Joe Taffany could also, who was very good on the weekend, to be fair, could drop to the bench and Corey goes to lock. Um Des, you're you're a Horsberg owner. I'm not. I, I'm with Spy here. I started without him reluctantly as well. Yeah. But yeah. I, I pretty much expected what I saw from him. Uh, 60 points. He's not a trap. He's definitely not a trap because it was pretty much all in base stats as well. And he throws the offload. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this as well about the uh, the try assist. It was definitely a try contribution. Um, I, I was sweating over these ones all last year, obviously. Um, I saw enough of them. When the ball hits the ground like that and rolls rolls to a player's feet and then he steps the defender, it's, it's not going to be an assist because um, it wasn't an effective offload. If it was effective, then it's going to be an assist, but it was in an ineffective offload, so they can't really call him an assist. But, but uh, yeah, it's not a trap, though. He's definitely not a trap. You blokes are just jealous non non owners of Big Red, and you just filthy that <clears throat> filthy you don't have him bashing out points for you. But anywho, mate, my guys get effective offloads, so the tries get given. Mate, I will say I'll <laughs> add to that. Um, he's definitely not a trap, and there's no panic if something does happen down the line. He goes back to the bench. He'll still score you some decent points. He can always move you on when that time comes. Spy, you come back and talk just when you crack a thousand points, mate. <laughs> Well, 950 points even. Right, the dream. Uh, <laughs> quick one here, answer for Matthew Gibson. Is Andrew Fafida a hold or a sell based on his minutes? Des, I know you were keen on him in the preseason, but you didn't take the gamble. Fafida played something like 41 <laughs> minutes, which is just – it shows how good his body's going at the minute. Jackie Williams got, uh, I think, 61 minutes for the Sharkies there. Uh, Hamlin Newell, he played decent minutes. So the way Fafida's looking, you can't go near him. Um what else? Jeff? Oh, Jaden Sewer is an interesting one because with the prospect, he was a bit of a bargain by at 300k. I didn't go near him. I don't think either of you did either. He played 70 minutes, didn't produce much. Des, what are your thoughts? I thought he looked okay, to be honest. Um, I think you could definitely hold him. Um, he's, he's definitely got a bit of David Fafita about him. I mean, putting it in perspective, if David Fafita doesn't go for that try, he only gets 45, 50 points as well. So he's really not that far behind him. It's a big he, rap. He looks dangerous in his arm. He does look dangerous. <laughs> David Fafita dangerous. David Fafita swallowed about eight blokes on his way to scoring that try on the weekend. <laughs> no, he's, he's not there yet, but he definitely has caliber. I'd say hold him. Yeah, it's fair shout. And Spy, if you had Jaden Sewell, would you be playing him in your 17? I mean, I know it depends on how teams are structured, but we all seem to have mid-range bench options such as Carrigan, Flegler's. Um, would you be playing him in your 17 if you had him? Um, probably depends on your lineup. Uh, if you're spending that sort of money, you probably you probably do have him as that fourth reserve. You know, he's not going to flop too badly for you, you'd think. The only reason you maybe don't play him is if you want to take... Um, a fourth reserve pun on someone like a cheaper half that you've got that you think might go that well well that week, uh, maybe like a Jerome Luai or something like that. But, I mean, he's not the worst option this early in the year when teams aren't that stacked. Yeah, but a good question from Connor Forgery on Instagram. 
asking about Zane Musgrove's minutes being seemingly lower than expected. Would it be ideal to trade for someone like Jacob Saifidi or Emre Gula? Emre Gula is an interesting one because people are jumping on him as we were not shocked to see. He busted out about 90 points, but he played 45 minutes, which was the big factor for Emre. But guys, like he, he scored a try. He set up a try. He had a line break and he had a line break assist. We've got Ryan Sutton coming back either this week or next week. John Bateman's not too far off. He could be a good buy, but let's just wait a week to see what happens with his minutes and make sure it wasn't just a, a one-off sort of thing. Um, but in saying that, he is only about 220k, I think. Des, could you see why you'd jump on Emre Gula this week? Yeah, I can see the appeal, definitely. He's going to get a big price rise, you'd expect. And Musgrove doesn't look like he's going to, really. I'm really not sure what the go with his minutes was there. Um, yeah, what did he get? He only got around 20-something minutes. Yeah, about 25 just, minutes, I think it was. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that they're going to ramp up his minutes like as the season goes on. But I don't know. It's it, it was very strange that he got those minutes. I would have thought he would get at least 40, 45 minutes. Yeah, you probably you probably read it from me. I've been saying it all preseason. He played twenty five <laughs> minutes, so <laughs> you're welcome for that tip. But um, but I mean, yeah, just on that, I do expect Musgrove to play more minutes and build up on them. I'll go out on a limb here and say I do think they rate him. He was very impressive on the weekend. The issue for him was that so was the rest of the Tigers' middles. It was Josh Alawai, um, Thomas McKayley. They were exceptional. They just tore through the Dragons. Have a big pack as well. Um. So interesting one there. Oh, Alex Swole, he was he was amazing Swole. actually. He was, he awesome, was a huge pod as well. Yeah. Yeah. Spy thoughts on Zane Musgrove? Did I mean do you see him playing more minutes or not? Well, just to let's cap off the week that was for the spy. <laughs> I was gonna play Katoa on the on the sad day. It was pouring rain though, and we thought he may have been going to start and he didn't, so I pulled it off him and then I was gonna play it back as my fourth reserve. But in the rain, I thought, you know what? Musgrove will play 40, 45. He'll score me 40 or 50 points. I'll lock that in. Round one, happy days. He scored me 23. I didn't go to bed happy Sunday night. It was my birthday. It was just disappointing, mate. <laughs> and I even went bad in Moneyball that game. So, look, I'm not going to trade him because he's he's worth 200 grand. As we said, we think he's going to get more minutes, hopefully, as he goes on. He did play very well when he's on. He looked quite likely close to the line. So, look, I don't think it's really worth getting rid of him. Um, you, you should have more pressing issues in your side come next week. And as you said, someone like Gula, I don't mind getting Gula for someone you might be downgrading who you think you've really flopped on, but I wouldn't be going sideways to Gula, that's for sure. I'll trust in Musgrove, but he won't be buddy playing my 17 this week. I'll give him a yeah, tip. Yeah, good shout. <laughs> uh, Musgrove to Gula could be a good trade, but next week I reckon save it for then. Mike and Sab Show, friends of SC Playbook, do a ripping podcast as well. Check it out. They've asked on Twitter, I got in Oates as a megapod as he started the last two seasons on fire. Should I hold him another week and save two trades or trade him to a Sarko? Des, I'll go to you, mate. What do you reckon, Corey Oates? Yeah, I reckon a Sarko is a good buy. Uh, I've never been a fan of Oates. I mean, I see the appeal. He can score hat-tricks and ton up. But I think a Sarko, um, he's, he's definitely safer at fullback for now. He's got more opportunities to run. He can tackle boss. I, I don't see why he wouldn't just make that trade. Yeah, completely agree. He goal kicks as well. I 
I understand the logic of having a crack at Oates in round one, but yeah, get get over to Osako and, and lock him in, I would say, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit the same, and, and I was going to say that I guys like Oates who do have upside, and obviously that try scoring upside against behind what looks to be a good Broncos outfit this year, that massive forward pack. Um, but, I mean, the way Osako looked on the weekend with, with the goal kicking to boot as well, it's, it's a pretty safe bet. Supercoach Addicts, absolute legends over there as well. <laughs> If you see Moses like me, do you just hit that delete team button and look forward to next year? <laughs> well, look, yeah, you probably do. Um, and then we'll finish up with, we'll have two more. Brew SC, your mate Spy. Brew, how are you, mate? We've touched on it a little bit, but it's just all—it's just about selling um, Zach Lomax or holding Zach Lomax. And so many people are going to have that question now that teams have dropped his on the wing. Do you think you'll be selling him this week? Yeah, I'm trying to, um, especially now he's on the wing. As I said, he he might score a try or two this week, and he's still kicking goals. So I don't think it's a disaster if you have to hold him for one more week. But I'm having a look now and just seeing if I can moving on for someone like Asako, who I'm really interested in for the rest of the year. Uh, but it depends on depends on team balance, and also if you've got any any other issues you need to attend to. But if you want to get rid of him. Mate, I've got no issues with that. I may do the same. Yep. Lucky last on Twitter, Mr. Smith. What are your thoughts on Jack White and guys? Could he be the Cody Walker of this year? Look, there's uh, Jack White's really popular this week after scoring a double, getting a big score there in round one. I think he might have been mid nineties. I'm not keen on Jack White at all. He, I love the bloke. I love the way he plays footy. Love everything about him. But I just he's not in the elite five eights for me. He hasn't averaged above fifty eight in his Supercoach career, or at least not in the last five years of note. He, yeah, he was 56 two years ago, and that was at fullback. You have to be going 65-plus across the course of the year to match Cody Walker, to match Cam Munster and Sean Johnson. I think Jack Whiten is a trap, although he will see more ball this year by the looks of things. Spy, do you think there's a case for Jack Whiten? I'm with you, mate. I think there's better options. He's, as you know, such a good NRL player, but that doesn't always translate to super coach. If you have a look on the weekend, the two efforts that Ash Taylor make on him were just abysmal. Mm. Sorry to Ash. I hope he sort of comes good, but Jack's not going to get that kind of defense every week. And he did score a double. He kicked a 40-20. He's just too inconsistent for mine um, from a super coach point of view. And there's so many good options around there that I think you stay away. Congratulations, however, if you did play him in round one. If you did, Take a look at him again this week. Try to ride that early high of the opening weeks and then moving on. Uh, but he's, he's not a long-term option yeah. for me. And the other thing on Jackie White is I don't have the number on the top of my head, but doing the preseason analysis on the Raiders and on Jackie White, he doesn't have the ceiling anywhere near of any of these other guys, particularly Cam Munster, who can go 150 like he's done it several times before. Um Jack, I mean, as I said, on the weekend, a 40-20, two tries, a couple of line breaks, he blitzed it, and he still didn't crack the 100. So I think that says all you need to know about Jack. Um, Des, are you with us, or are you tempted? Um, I'm I'm with you in the in the majority, but I'd, I'd say he can go on a Cody Walker-like run for maybe 10 weeks. And if you can if you can hit the nail on the head for what which 10 weeks those are going to be, you might get, like, 80, 90 average from him across those weeks, but over the season I can't see him averaging above 60. I'm with you there. Yeah, it's but a good shout, mate. And, and the Raiders have a, a really friendly opening to the competition. They look very impressive on the weekend. They're tipped to do big things this year. 
Uh, so if you do go on Jackie White and he does go big for, you know, five, six, seven weeks, you've just got to know when to get out while the going is good before those those tougher matchups come come to happen for the Raiders. Uh, anyway, that's all for tonight, guys. Let's pray that we get more and more footy throughout this year. Let's hope we don't get a delay at all. As I said, we're going to be punching out content regardless. If the, if the competition does stop, we reckon we've got enough stuff to talk about now for the next two or three weeks if it does shut down. But let's hope it doesn't come to that. Spy, thanks, mate. Thanks, lads. Hope the toes are right, Des. Cheers, Spy. <laughs> thanks for having me on, boys. Always a pleasure. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.